I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to E-Commerce Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your e-commerce business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all about hearing stories and strategies from successful entrepreneurs and e-commerce professionals to uncover scaling secrets that will have a huge impact on your online store. This week on the show, Andrew, CEO of Wove, joins me to discuss the direct-to-consumer experience and ways that e-commerce brands can improve their customer experience. Andrew and the Wove team have accomplished so much in such a short amount of time with their custom jewelry business, so if you sell directly to consumers, you're going to get a ton of value out of this episode. Welcome to the show, Andrew. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. Hey, Tanner. Thank you so much. Excited to uh, excited to be on the show. So my name is Andrew. I'm the CEO and co-founder of an online jewelry company called Wove. That's awesome, man. So how did you get started in jewelry? Yeah, it's kind of a surprising and unlikely story. Um, you know, my previous job, I was an army ranger. And oftentimes people give me funny looks when they're like, how did an army ranger end up building a jewelry e-commerce company? Um, but yeah, so, you know, gr- grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. My family was in the jewelry industry. I really never had any um, indication that I would also be in the jewelry industry. It wasn't really part of my plan growing up. Um, I always wanted to be in the military. I started off, um, you know, right after high school, going to West Point, was in the Ranger Regiment, and about six years into my service, broke my neck uh, in a a military training accident that kind of led to me getting out. So that's kind of how I transitioned into jewelry, Um, had the opportunity on the way out of the Army to do the Stanford, uh, Stanford GSB's Ignite program. Uh, which is focused on entrepreneurship. And that's really where we got the start for Wove. That's awesome, man. I, so you you broke your neck. Did you recover from that fine? Yeah, I, I did. About a year and a half of uh, physical therapy. Um, I was only dating my wife for about three weeks at the time. Uh, so she hung with me through it. Um, you know, she's, she's a trooper. Um, and actually, while I was uh, buying her engagement ring while I was stationed out West is, is actually kind of what gave me the idea for Wove. So, nice. so had some like very, um, you know, had some pain points in the buying process, even when working with my family's business, which says a lot, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had the realization if I am struggling to buy an engagement ring and my family's in the industry, I imagine other people are struggling to buy online as well. So that's really what got us thinking about you know, how do we solve problems for engagement ring buyers and really what started Wove? That's awesome, man. So what would you attribute your success to so far? Yeah. So, you know, I think the biggest thing um, and a lot of the lessons that I've you know learned in business, I draw a lot of parallels to my time in the army. And I think there's really two key characteristics that that I picked up while both at West Point and the Ranger Regiment that really have been uh, great for my time 
in wove. One being grit. I think when you're used to doing hard things in your daily life, other things start to become easier. And we've experienced a lot of, you know, very exciting, but also challenging times at Wove. And I can always lean back on, on those times in the army as, as motivation to, to drive on. And then the second thing I think is really being able to surround yourself with smart people that you trust. The army is all about, uh, it's a people organization. It's all about building teams and, and building people organizations. And I think being able to do that in the entrepreneurial world has been amazing for our team as well. You know, I had, this is my first startup. I have very limited background in business, but when you can find people that are experts in their field and build a cohesive team, uh, there's really nothing that you can't do. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with that, man. So uh, you mentioned that you went through some tough times as we all do as entrepreneurs, right? Uh, what, what were some of those obstacles that you faced? Yeah, um, we've certainly, you know, like any entrepreneur faced our fair share of challenges um, through building this process. It's funny when we look back at when we started to where we are now, our user experience has changed completely. You know, initially it was, hey, submit a photo and get a ring. We thought that was going to solve people's pain points. And what we discovered is that, you know, after all of these iterations of building out different user experiences and business processes, it's so important to test your assumptions and really listen to the consumer and, and what they want. So I think we're on like our fourth iteration of, of what Wove is and what we offer to consumers. And, you know, at this point, I think we are starting to nail it. But all of those uh, repetitions are certainly painful. And there were numerous times where we started from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's so often overlooked when it comes to creating an online retail experience, right? Uh, too many people have this, if we build it, they will come mentality. And it's funny, you see that a lot with brick and mortar retailers that go to online because they think it's the same thing. You just put products on the shelf and they sell, right? Um, but man, you, you have to test that stuff. And absolutely. Absolutely. I think testing and measuring, you know, iteratively is extremely important and trying to do it as cheaply as you can. I think most entrepreneurs think, well, if I go out and I raise $2 million, all of my problems are solved. And that's really not true. I think if someone is, they have the ability to test inexpensively and listen to their consumer, challenge their assumptions, they're ultimately going to be successful when they find the right fit. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So just out of curiosity, what were those iterations that you guys went through and how much has that changed since you started? Yeah, so our user experience is, like I said, completely different today than it was previously. Really what we did is we talked to hundreds, if not thousands of different consumers going through this highly emotional and exciting time in their life. And engagement ring is probably one of the very few pieces um, you know, it's, it's probably one of the few things in your life that you'll purchase that is very expensive, has a very high sentimental value, and ultimately is something that you're going to keep with you for the rest of your life, hopefully. Um, we love selling engagement rings, but we also promote, first and foremost, happy and successful marriages. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things that was really important to us was, number one, listening to our consumer, listening to their pain points. And I... Uh, 
being unbiased in what our solution was for the customer. We all like to think, we all go out and search for evidence that our hypothesis is the right one. But in reality, I think to be successful, you have to understand that most likely your hypothesis is wrong and there's a better way. Yeah, I mean, question everything, right? Especially when we're talking about understanding your customer, understanding how how they're vibing with the experience that you're putting in front of them. You know, everyone always says, know your customer, but the best way to know your customer is to talk to them, right? And either survey them or just get to know them and get feedback. Like that feedback is so valuable. A hundred percent. I think, um, you know, if, if we could have spent money uh, less on developing certain products and more on gathering more consumer data, um, you know, I think that would have been a lesson learned early on rather than putting money into building your initial version of the product. Um, and, you know, we've done a, we've done a fairly good job of that, but it's always something that every business can improve on. So, so one thing that you guys are doing is a try before you buy uh, process, right? Yes. That's a, that's a very like key, key aspect to our business. Sure. So at what point was that implemented and how successful has that been so far? It's, it's been uh, very successful. It's really amazing. I think if we have, if we're able to communicate successfully to our clients, what we can do for them, they're always blown away. Our biggest challenge is getting the word out of what Wove can do for them versus the rest of the industry. But clients are always blown away. You build a design, you know, you sketch it with a designer and within seven days, excuse me, within seven days, your replica ring shows up at your doorstep and it looks and feels indistinguishable from the final ring. And that's always kind of one of those aha moments with our clients where they're like, wow, I thought the replica was going to be plastic or I thought it was going to feel fake or look fake. And they're holding this ring that looks like it's worth tens of thousands of dollars that we produced for them. You know, nothing that we do is off the shelf. It all has a specific client in mind. And I think that personalization is really what shocks most people about Wove. And it even shocks people within the industry. We are the only company in the world that does what we do for our clients. And when I explain this to many other vendors or companies that are within the industry, they're always shocked. Like, why do you put so much time and money into each individual client? And for us, it's a no brainer. It's an investment in their happiness. And we've seen the 10x return of that on the back end when they become evangelists of Wove and uh, proud wearers of custom Wove engagement rings. Right. Because that's how you build loyalty with your brand, right? Is investing in the customer experience and the customer experience doesn't stop after they check out, right? Uh, a big piece of that customer experience is actually what they experience when they receive the product. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking, you know, why would you, why would you risk your margins by sending a product to your customer and letting them try it before they actually buy it, right? But I think that going the extra mile really does pay dividends. And I think you've seen that already. Absolutely. We had a really special moment working with a client early on in our business where I was on the consultation for both calls and I was working with this couple on designing their engagement ring. And we sent them a, a hand sketch of the ring. And when we hopped on the next call, uh, her name was Abigail, started tearing up. And 
my initial thought was, oh, no, like what happened? What went wrong? Did she not like this sketch? And she started saying and explaining she's, that she said that I feel so heard. You listen to my request. You put it into a beautiful sketch. And I've never felt more, more heard. And so I feel like listening to your clients and really delivering on what they're telling you and not what you think you want to hear is one of the best ways that you can serve people better. And so that's kind of become a mantra for our company is, you know, hear your clients and deliver upon their request. And um, that's something I think has made us really successful with, with our client base and kind of looking at the business side of this as well. Yes, we invest more money upfront in our clients than most jewelry companies. But what I would say on the back end of that is we probably spell uh, our acquisition cost for clients is probably significantly lower than many of these companies because our word of mouth carries so far and our return rate from engagement ring to wedding band uh, clients um, is very high. Almost every person that buys an engagement ring from us comes back for a wedding band. And I think that's a testament to who we are as a company and how we serve people. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's that's loyalty right there. Uh, would you recommend a try before you buy program for anything that is not custom made? I think it's a great question. Um, I think it really depends on a few different variables. I think price point is a major variable. We ran a lot of price sensitivity analysis early on in our business, basically trying to determine what are clients willing to pay? What is uh, our process worth to them versus a typical Blue Nile or Brilliant Earth click-to-buy experience online? And what we found is clients uh, really value the experience that they get from Wove. The uh, design consultation, the custom hand sketch, and above and uh, beyond, uh, you know, and, and above all else, the replica is really something that people value significantly. So I think it really depends on your experience, um, you know, what you're offering the client. I don't think everything should be try to buy, but I think in certain circumstances and certain price points, try to buy makes a lot of sense, especially when it's customized for that client. So let's talk about the process a little bit, because I think the process is really what contributes to the experience, right? Um, I did go to your guys' website prior to the interview, and I noticed that the the form to get going was one field at a time, right? Can you speak to that? Yeah. So when a client arrives at our website today, in order to get them started, we ask them to fill out a 10 to 12 question design quiz. And really what this allows us to do is get to know them in the simplest sense. Who are they? What are they looking for? And what's their style? We take a lot of, we put a lot of emphasis on figuring out what exactly is our client looking for and are we the right company for them? Based on that, we'll match them with one of our Wove jewelry designers. Uh, we're extraordinarily fortunate. We have amazing jewelry designers at Wove. Some of the top uh, named designers in the industry that were leads of design at top companies in the United States. And so we want to offer a very personalized experience to anyone that comes to our site. And really that design quiz in the beginning is what sets the stage for allowing us to determine how we can best serve them through the process. But I'd also like to add that the fact that they aren't hit with this 
12 field form right off the bat also improves conversion rate, but also the customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very intentional about every single question that we put into that form. We don't want the quiz to ask unnecessary questions, but we also want to get to know our clients. And you're exactly right. Like when we found we've tested probably, you know, 80 different iterations of this quiz to figure out what's optimal, both for the client and also for the conversion rate that that gets to book a consultation. And while adding certain questions will lower that conversion rate, what we found is it may increase the show rate to our consultations down the road. So it's certainly something that we'll always be adapting. We'll always be testing new questions, new lengths, but we have found that the design and style quiz up front is something that has really allowed us to serve clients better through that, throughout the process. That's awesome, man. So what are some other ways that you improve the customer experience? Um, any other recommendations there? Yeah, I think, you know, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs say this a lot, but being client obsessed uh, is, is certainly so important. If you don't care that you've disappointed a client or you failed them in some way, you're not going to get better as an organization and you're not going to put the time and effort into making the experience better for future clients. And so we take feedback very seriously. Um, you know, we want to hear how every single client's experience went, what we could do better, and especially at the early stages of a business, continue to adapt and refine your process so that you can serve people better. Um, I, I think that's absolutely critical. If you're not open to taking feedback and if you're not a mindful organization, you can't expect to improve. I mean, at the end of the day, the customer is what matters the most, right? That they're who's keeping your business alive. And if you can't make them happy, then you're not going to, you're going to have a very hard time finding success that way. Sure. And it goes into everything, right? I mean, you think, oh, well, sales and customer service is how you serve clients best. And I would argue that the, uh, there are so many ways beyond that. When we laid the foundation for our production, because we produce every ring in-house in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, what we found is if we're able to build a better production process that gets rings to clients quicker and maintains the high level of quality that we expect in all of our pieces, including our replicas, clients are more satisfied. Um, and, you know, one difficult lesson that we learned very early on is that it's better to under promise and over deliver than to make false promises on timelines. And so that was a difficult lesson to learn up front when you're outsourcing things initially and one of your vendors makes a mistake and a ring gets delayed by three days. You know, uh, that's one of those setbacks that um, teaches you a lot, teaches you about the importance of over communicating with clients so that they always are informed of, of what's going on in the back end. Um, and it's been one of the biggest reasons that we've invested so heavily into producing high-end quality jewelry in-house versus relying on what most jewelry companies do, outsourcing it overseas to get produced um, or to mass manufacturing factories within the U.S. So that's been a, a major upfront investment for us that is already paying dividends for our clients. Yeah, and those are some really good points. I think that as a business, if we're creating a process, the customer really does need to come first in those conversations, right? Um, just in my industry with other marketing agencies and things that I've heard, um, you know, a, a lot of these companies are just 
building processes based on what makes their lives easier and they aren't really thinking about the client. Um, you know, really any any decision I make in my business, I'm thinking, is this is this the best for the client? Is this is the client going to get the best outcome based on this decision? Absolutely. I think it's something that has to come first and foremost. If you're not consistently thinking about the client, um, you know, you're not making decisions in the best interest of your business. Uh, so completely um, unequivocally agree with you there. Awesome, man. So what would you say your secrets to scale are? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things is laying a foundation and, and establishing efficient processes early. You know, whether you're building one ring a week or 50, uh, those processes need to be established early on so that when you scale, they don't break. Um, and things, of course, will always break to an extent. But I think, you know, putting an emphasis on systems, that's something that we did very early. Coming from the Army, systems were very important to us and understanding what each step in the process was and who takes ownership of that. And then how do you have checks on every aspect of the process as well to ensure that things don't fall through the cracks? So putting a heavy, heavy emphasis on, on processes. For us, it was building an efficient CRM system that allowed the members of our team to track each ring through, this, through, the, through the process, understand if there was a delay um, or the ability to forecast materials ahead of time. Those are the types of systems that if you can invest in early before it's too late, before you grow uh, out of them, uh, I, th I think it's something that will absolutely, you know, is, is critical to success in the future. I couldn't agree with you more. Processes really do drive scalability in the business. And even if they're not perfect in the early days, it's you still need to do it and adapt that, you know, process should be constantly evolving over time to improve efficiency and consistency and output and all that stuff. But yeah, that's definitely like the number one thing that anyone should get out of listening to this episode. Focus on your processes. It's going to make your life so much easier when, when you are scaling and it could actually put you out of business if you try to scale too fast without them. Yeah, absolutely. So, Andrew, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we're, we're really excited about where we're at as a business. I mean, we've been able to grow 5x in the last four months. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of continued growth and very optimistic and poised about the future. So, uh, Tanner, thank you so much for hosting us on the show. Uh, you know, we're really happy and honored to be here. Um, you know, would encourage any uh, prospective client or anyone that's interested in what we're doing and what we're building to check us out at wovemade.com and also on Instagram at wovemade. Um, really, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Tanner. Really appreciate your time. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll be sure to link those up in the show notes. And thanks again, Andrew. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of e-commerce secrets to scale. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you own an e-commerce business and you're ready to take it to the next level, visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com. Thank you.